0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this summer special episode of Bees Pod. On the show, Mem and I are absolutely delighted to be joined by Dean Brennan, Barnett's manager, as he looks ahead to the upcoming season. There's a huge amount of stuff that Dean covers in this podcast, from the challenges of last season to the players involved, the changes made over the summer both on and off the pitch, and what we have to look forward to in the coming season. We really hope you enjoy the show, and as ever, look forward to hearing your comments and views as we go throughout the 2022-23 season. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, this summer special episode of Bees Pods. Uh, Mem and I are delighted to be joined again uh, by Dean, uh, Dean Brennan, Barnett's first team manager. Dean, I'd normally start by asking how you are, but it's 25 degrees outside, a lot of optimism in the building, great players coming through the door every other day. Um, so things are feeling pretty good right now.
1: And the weather's great, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah it's, things are positive, which is very good. Uh, that stability we sort of gave the club last year is uh, starting to come true now, and obviously. We've had a busy summer recruiting and uh, I'm happy with what we've done.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems really positive. We're, in this show, we're going to sort of kind of discuss quite a few things, um, look at the new players that are coming in, etc. But I want to just start actually by kind of going back to our last interview where you kind of talked and something that Mem and I talked a lot about um, when you mentioned it, the idea of recruitment being a long-term process. And actually, if you look at Barnet in the last few years, um, we were just saying off mic how important stability was we haven't had that and so we've been kind of doing signings quite late on in the window and not getting the groundwork in place and it just seems that this time there's been a real like consistent plan and a vision that you've executed on so if you could just kind of before we get into individual signings just tell us how you've kind of gone about approaching the off season in this window and kind of what you identified as the areas for improvement and when the sort of planning for bringing in some of these players started because so I think people would really like to hear that and yeah, get excited about
1: it. So the first thing we do as a staff, every time we play against a team, I make every staff member pick the three best players from that team. Every time they watch a game, I make every staff member pick the, you know, when they go scouting and stuff like that, they yeah. pick the three best players. So that gives you a database. And stuff like like Dale, Dale Garman, for example, when he's done that to Efron, I loved that. I thought that was brilliant. You know, when he's, he's kidded and when he's gone down like he's been shot. For me, that's Street words. and I knew about Dale already. So straight away in my head, I'm going back on the bus, and I'm going, we need character like that. We need that Street and that's the type of player we need. So straight away, I think that was December the 11th, so he goes first on the list. And the list changes all the time. So we, I think we had 112 players on the list when we started at the end of the season, actually like starting to really get into players when we can officially speak to them. And then that got narrowed down to sort of 44, then it got, we saw him one or two. And then it come down again because other players went different different clubs. So your database is constantly growing all the time. The more football matches you watch, so that's how it works really. And then the biggest thing with the group we had already, the when I see the character after the Stockport game when we got hammered and we got beat late against a very good side by the way who I tip probably to go up again um, in, in in League Two. When I see the character after that and the rigmarole after that. For me, there were so many players, just not for, for me, I'll be totally honest with you. It was a poor character, it was, had no backbone, and it was, it was the hardest group of players I've ever had to manage. That's, inter- that's really interesting, what, it, just in terms of character and... Just so at the end of the yeah. day, look, we, it was deflection. We got beat 5-0, we 1-0 at half time, there was an incident that happened, and I don't want to go over it again really, but just it was so frustrating. and I just, The character in the group was just weak so weak and uh, poor and it was a deflection from a lot of the players and senior players so yeah so for me from that day you go home in the car you sleep that night you think these boys ain't for me so you just have to cuddle on the contract you've got to avoid your time and you're seeing it five 0 down at Dagenham at half time i couldn't believe it it's ridiculous you know then we show a little bit of character and then you have players showing a little discipline when we get back to 5-3, we two one-on-ones and players just doing their own thing. Myself and John are on the side trying to keep them in their shape. Then we get beat seven. It just doesn't happen. So you just have to bide your time and wait and uh, keep your mouth shut until, until that time comes around.
2: So the question I wanted to sort of go, so when you come to sort of looking at upgrading the, the, the team and squad, how does it work? Is it a case of you do everything by you're looking at the total squad and you're saying, I need this type of player, this type of player? Or is it one player then leads to another player, which leads to another? Because you're thinking that guy would go with this guy quite well.
1: What's the process? And You're trying to tick a box. So one thing for me is no one wants to play against pace. Now we've got pace. Loads of it. But too much of it, probably. So we've got a lot of pace, a lot of power. Um, Great athleticism in midfield. We've got good athleticism in fullback areas, which is key for me. Um, We've got now a monster in Musa, who needs an organizer with him it's very important Moosa has an organiser and he's to stay in the middle of the pitch because when we played against Moosa last year I took him out of zones through Adam Marriott he's going down the sides we're getting down the sides of him that's not his game so he's both boxes for this division a, a large percentage of goals are from a fourth and second phase restarts in this division as you've seen in the playoffs Long Troll, Grimsby you know they had a lot of joy with it. the same with Wrexham so that's why we signed Musa. So everyone ticks a different box. Dale Gorman's a baller. Ryan de Havilland is just an absolute gem. And he's miles ahead of schedule. And he's been outstanding in pre-season. His fitness levels are phenomenal. So different different players. Pritchard, low maintenance. Know all about his character. Experienced player. Nicky Cabamba needs to stay down the middle. Stop walking in the wide areas. You Look at all his goals in pre-season. They're like tap He's got natural centre forward moves. He could have a hat-trick in each game, to be honest. I've told them and we've walked them stop walking down the channel. So we see different things in players because a goal scorer if I mean Nicky's going to be a serious goal scorer which he isn't yet. You sort of he's got to stay between the sticks as much as he can because he makes that lovely movement across the front which a lot of centre forwards don't do unless they're like
0: high end. It's interesting just thinking about like what you are saying about the profile of players like someone like diara or nikki like being really effective in one system and, and less effective in the other um and i think last year that's something that like or actually in previous years it's happened a lot at barnett i was just saying to you before about we've had some really talented individuals in the past who at Barnet have like you know we've been a kind of mid-table league two or you know a lower table kind of conference side but then those individual players have gone on and like done really well like someone like dan sweeney for example like you know at Barnet, obviously they went to the Forest Green. Matty Stevens went to Forest Green, and then all of a sudden they're like playing great football under Rob Edwards at the top of the League Two. So, do you have you have you sort of spent a bit of time also thinking about of the group that we've got here at the moment, what it would take to kind of move some of those guys on to a different level? Because someone like Ryan de Havilland, you know, is someone who's didn't feature as much last year. I remember you saying you had a sort of development plan in place for him. Have you sort of been thinking quite a lot about how to get? more out of some of our individuals that are currently here because it seems like there's a lot of talent in that group it's just a question of getting it sort of just getting it in the right place getting the right character in there to bring the best out of them
1: Yeah, it's experience but if you look at Ryan for example, he's bought into it so we put him on basically a Guinness programme the old Guinness story, the old school it's not that, it's just way too so it's called the Guinness programme he don't drink the kids, so but when you look at his profile he's been brought up by Fulham he's got a fantastic picture before he receives the ball A massive thing for me is he can run he's got eight lungs you know and now he's learning mortgage football so when he comes out of the academy he's passing it tippy and tappy i can see he can see a pass he's two-footed now i'm saying to him right how are you going to really pay the mortgage can you score goals can you create goals when there's a second ball to be won can you win that second ball because there's loads of second balls in this league and that makes him a better player but he's bought into it so if you actually look at his shoulders now which you probably see today he looks like a man now not a kid no more So you have to sort of like visualise what he's going to be. But if he don't buy into it, and we have a couple of players at the minute that ain't buying into it, I won't mention the names, they're in the group, and they won't be with us. They haven't bought into it. They talk, 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 but they don't walk. You have to walk the walk to be a professional footballer. You have to sacrifice. You've got to dig deep. He has everything. He's just turned 21 in June. Ryan de Havilland has everything it takes to be a high-end footballer. Um, There's a couple of lads that have it as well, pacey lads, but they haven't bought into it. In Dreamland, I call them YouTube footballers. And we have a couple of them, that's the truth. I, you know, I never lie to the players, I tell the truth. There's a couple of lads in there that just won't play. You know, they want to speak to their agent, their agent has to do everything for them. I've got to deal with some agent telling me this club and that club want them. I'm saying, where are the clubs? Like, come on, here's my phone number, ring me. So just very honest with the players, and going back to the player has to buy into the project. Great. It's as simple as that. And I have a great saying, and when I was a kid, I was an ability player. Reliability is better than ability. Because if the ability do not turn up for work every day, you haven't got anything. And that's in every industry, in every walk of life. So that's what I say to the players be reliable. And we ain't Wrexham, we ain't Chesterfield, down out and cherry picking the best players. And I've said about the treatment room, I don't want players in the treatment room. I'm from an area where we had to jump over the school fence, and I'm from inner city Dublin. So we didn't play on grass, play on concrete. When I scraped my knee, I ripped my trousers, I just rubbed my knee and got on with it. And that's what I want here. I don't want everyone to look at the facilities and go this that. When we scrape our knee or we've got a little niggle, we have to train. We have to go on with the game. Last year, treatment room was a joke. Players were cheating them. And they cheated themselves. And I'm being honest, if you look at them players that have left, apart from Harry Taylor, who it was unbelievable, played for us, Harry, injured, away at, uh, we had nine players fit. He played away at Notts County injured. That's why I come out and defended the players, because he played injured. And that's why he's got a good deal at South End, because he's reliable. And you know that. Wes, to be fair, he's moved on, Wes. hasn't been announced. He's moved on to another club. Wes was the same. He had a bad injury. Come back early. GA did brilliant to get him back. And he's got a club. But everybody else, who else has got a club? They've got to remember. We've made the international league. And we conceded a million goals. So I told them, the back end of last year, was six games to go. I said, John Dreher will take the team from now on in. I'm keeping my mouth shut. Um, You're going to lower your own stock. They've lowered their own personal stock. So some of them have come to the group, they're on trial. They're still on trial now. Can't get clubs, mm. you know? And what they'll have to do is probably go down to somebody else that's desperate and hasn't got you know what I mean? So it's their own fault. So I've, I've no real for them lads, but just going back to buying in and investing, Ryan's done that. And uh, that's so important. And a lot of players have done it as well within the group. So it is exciting.
2: It's, it's what was noticeable for us. And it's, there's actually two things. So... I think it. Was, I think we talked about this about maybe a year or two ago because we were kind of fed up with players that were just dropping right down the leagues. I won't main, m- mention anybody. We had one player who, in three seasons, has gone from Championship to Barnet, and now I think is in, in Conference South, and they've just plummeted down. And we had seemed to have a lot of those type of players. And one of the things I think we we talked about was why can't we steal the best players from the teams below us in the table, or the best of what the Conference South has got to offer. And when I look at the list here today, Michael Phillips, we've stolen from the champions. Um, we've got uh, what's called uh, Sean Shields. Shields. That's it. Best player at uh, Weymouth. We stole. Um, who was the other one? I I spotted it was Danny Collins. Danny yeah. Collins. That's it from Dover. And then we've taken the captain from uh, those down the road, which we won't mention. And um, and then is is uh, what's called is a chemo? Was it Diara? Was it? Was it So it so we've got their cap. So we've we've picked up players from some uh, clubs around us and sort of essentially made some of them weaker. Um, and that's the sort of thing. These players are going to be hungry. And it feels to me like there's been a bit of a moneyball approach done to this. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar with the moneyball uh, book. And it feels that this team feels very moneyball in terms of these are players that will play 42 games a season. These are players that will give you seven out of ten. And if we sprinkle a little bit of stardust on on top of these this group of players. We, we, could, we could really go places with this lot if everybody, if
1: everybody gels. Yeah, I think what's happened is, is um, players have joined this football club thinking they're doing the club a favour. And that's what's happened. And when the chips are really down, which is going to happen, this year we'll have a bad time. We mightn't win for six, seven games. We're going to go through a soft spell. That's what I look at. How do we pull together? The other thing you've mentioned, which is brilliant, which is we looked at the last two seasons and how many players, the percentage they played, they started. And... Uh, nearly 95% of the group have started over 80% of the games. That was massive for me. It was huge. So, And then you just get little gems. So Danny, Danny Collins, for example, he comes, I spoke to Hess, we played against him, and he marked Efron, And he gave F the best, the hardest time, in the sense of angles got tight to him. I'm thinking, how's he doing this to F? Like he's good. So we're watching him. Then I watch him again. Then I go home. Tumble starts watching him, as John Dryas, his nickname assistant manager, he starts watching me, goes, I like this kid, he does what old school defending. So we're watching what then we look at his background, get into him, I spoke to a couple of people at MK Dons, and they were like, yeah, he needed to grow up and stuff like that. But I'm looking at him, he's grown up. He's grown up at Dover. So he's got that experience, and like really, really liked him. And then we watch them, so much footage of him, because we're thinking, but there's always one or two from them teams that go down that are good players. Like Sean Shields has been involved in 29 goals in the last two seasons you'd take that wouldn't you if, if he was involved in 15 goals this year as a wide forward the way we play you'd take that all day
2: and he's an exciting our player. Class range as well the benefit is the likelihood is they're in our budget yeah.
1: well Danny it's an upgrade for Danny and Waymo, no disrespect to Wayne for Dover it's an upgrade coming to Barnet as well mm. for, for Shields-y. Um so yeah so it, it, look that's what we're looking for them hungry type of players and, being fit is so important as well. There's a couple of there's a couple of lads, like I say, with us at the minute. We've picked up a couple of little injuries, but
0: um nothing to the to the state
1: it was last year. We I mean, need you need a bit of
0: luck with that as well. So God willing we will be all right. I guess um one thing that I, I'm interested in, Dean, is you talked about the players that we sort of brought in there and the kind of availability, et cetera. Um, and also about kind of trying to sell Barnet as an upgrade from clubs like Weymouth and Dover. And I think that can that case can be made. I think perhaps sometimes in the past, we've, you know, when we've been perhaps on like a bit of a downward spiral and, you know, things haven't felt positive, we've had attendances dropping, et cetera. Um, it hasn't always felt as positive as a club as it could be. And I know that you're someone who's really bringing a huge amount of that positivity back. Have you had any sort of challenges or issues with players and agents uh, this summer are people saying well yeah you know you say Barnet's a great place for me to go to but actually you know is it really a club on the up so I guess um, what, what, how, what have you sold what have you pitched Barnet as um, or is it been a case of just pitching yourself and, and tumble and saying you know this is what we're going to do yeah everything
1: we do look it's been, it's been it's challenging because obviously it's been a negative place for the last two or three years really negative so and obviously the positions in the divisions tell you that in the where, where the club have come but what we tried to do is, uh, the proof's in the pudding, so you keep the line of communication open. We spoke to lots of players in May that only sort of come back to us, you know, middle of June, because they think they're going to get better off us. So you just got to relax and you've got to play the game. It's it's a simple uh, At the minute, I'm speaking to a centre-forward, him and his agent. So in January, we probably would have, you know what I mean, gone for it with him. But now he's come back to me. He was telling me he's gone to League One and stuff like this and stuff like that. But it ain't happening for him because... They start in two weeks, EFL. He still hasn't got a club. He's missed out on three weeks with us. Six weeks ago, I would have given him a better deal than what we have now because we've done a lot of our money, if not all of our money, to be honest with you. (laughs) But we have, and that's his fault. That's not my fault, that's his fault. Because, obviously, he's waited and waited and waited. Now he's in limbo. So I'm having that negotiation with him and his agent at the minute. Um, So they're the kind of things that happen. And then, obviously, when Gorman and that come along, I had several meetings, spoke to him constantly, him and his agent... Uh, he was brilliant as well on the deal, so they were very realistic, so what happens is like for Goma, for example, he was on an he was toured on an e f l manager's list um I spoke to that manager he said, "Look he's toured, we've got two more if we can get them done, he won't be for us so i 've got that communication with that manager, so you have to wait, you have to be patient, so we did because he 's a player I want, and it didn't happen for Goma with that club because they signed the other two players, so eventually he comes to us, so he did have a lot of options in this division but I think it suited him. Um, his partner's from Cambridge and stuff like that, so our location was good for him. So, a lot of things, and obviously we got the Irish connection as well, the kids from Donegal. So, he's a good kid. And they're the kind of things that happen. Nicky Cabamba. Nicky Cabamba took a pay, pay cut to come here. He had a year left in his contract. He didn't get a pay up or anything like that. He took a pay cut to come here. So for me, that's shown at Musa Diara, the same. Laurie Walker, the same. He walked away from a year's contract to Stevenage. So they're coming for the right reasons. I've worked with a few of them before. I had Nicky before when I was at Hemel really early in his career. And had Laurie before. Big characters. Laurie's a massive character around the place. Um, but good good fun. Wint the same. Wint spoke to him. He wants to come back to London. So I found that. Oh, you dig deep. And then uh, it happens that way, really. So once they start signing a couple of players, people start going, oh, Barnett, i signed some good players. Yeah.
0: I mean.
1: and, then, and then it just rolls off the bat from there. And then now... If I still had the money, we could sign another six players. But we don't have the money, so that's what happens. <laughs> well, it's turning out to be a big squad. Probably
2: this is as good a place as any to start having a look at the players in a little bit more detail. Um, you've sort of touched on a few of them, but should we start, should we start from the back? So, obviously, you've got, uh, you said Laurie Walker, he's come in and he's, he's given up um, uh, a year's contract. So, what is, it, what is it about Laurie that you liked? And what, what is it about, you know, what, how do you think he's going to fit in and, uh, within,
1: the, within the team and the club? Character, which is huge. Um, if you looked on ability, if you look at... Like, I'm a big fan of... Um, I'm a big big fan of Laurie. And he's reliable. he would be 7 out of 10 every week. He'll make saves when he has to. Um, it's just, and if you compare him to the goalies we had last year, probably more ability in Oxford. He'll have more ability. Because of his size and his frame and stuff like that. But not enough character. Because he hasn't had enough sort of like chipping around the edges kind of thing. He hasn't had enough experience, and Laurie's had that. So that's sort of why we did that. We, we could have done Oxford again. I hope I'm not talking out of tone for, for, uh, for Aston. He's a good kid. I loved him. He did a great job for me at a previous club. But I thought he had a really tough time and didn't come through that well. A really, really tough time. And, and that was that's character. Laurie will just get on with the next phase, because he's experienced, get on with the next phase of play. Um, so he'll bring that to us, Laurie. Uh, good solid all-round goalie that like will eat defenders if they're not in position because he wants to keep he wants to get his clean sheet bonus so he wants to keep the ball out of the net so and it, it, yeah like I say he's experienced now when I walked up originally I think I had him for three years in total when I walked up originally he was he was inexperienced and made errors so he's a twenty twenty three twenty four year old goalkeeper but you know he's more rounded more mature. he's settled in his life you know he's got his partner and whatever else he's got going on in his life so all of that helps so Lory will give us that. Uh, if you go to Moose, both boxes, so we walk from the back up. If you go to yeah. Moose, both big moose, both boxes, can't let him get isolated down the channels because he get hurt. That's his weakness. Yeah. So everyone knows that. I'm not going to, but in the box, in both boxes, machine. So Moose's target is to make sure that he gets 10 goals this year. That's a target for him. He can do that, he can achieve that because he's such a handful. Um, then you've got Ben Winter, eclectic, can play right back, right centre back. Um can play wing-back if we decide to play wing-back, so change the system, obviously England C, great character, great references for him from people at Crystal Palace because he was there as well, i got a good connection at Crystal Palace, Uh, we all all know the Chairman's got a good connection with Dougie as well and I have a good one with Gary Izzo, who's there and Mark Bright, Um, so yeah, the the references i come back were huge about him, great character,
0: low maintenance, a leader, that's what everyone said. So. Just, just on those things just to pause this on the on the back there I've got a couple of questions if that's right I'll start with the first one which is obviously last year was an issue in terms of conceding goals I think it was we were sort of just above Dover in terms of goals conceded and you've mentioned there a couple of those big defeats being around characters I was at the Dagenham game I wasn't at Notts County but obviously I think it was probably a similar story in terms of that and obviously had the injuries as well I guess was fixing the defense your number one priority coming into this season, and what you talked a little bit about sort of Diarra and Winter and their character, but what was it about their game that made you think they were going to be the people that are going to fix this defense? It's not just the, you defend from the front. Mm. So this year we brought in a clean sheet bonus
1: where everybody gets. So the force line of defense is the front. It's as simple as that. If 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 the back line can organise the midfield. And the midfield can organise the front line, and we stop at our source. That's how we try to play. You've got to be able to run to do that. You've got to be fit to be able to do that. And last year, we didn't pick the same back four or twice, I don't think ever. and that's It's just impossible. Last year, honestly, lads, at times, it was horrible for me. I, I've actually become depressed. It was horrible, 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 horrible. It was the Twelve years I've been doing this, I've never known a worse group of players for character and stuff like that so I really, the one thing I want to say I want to thank Tony for sticking by me because he could have sacked me I'll be honest with you he could have sacked me my plan was never to come back as a manager obviously we know what happened my plan was to stay upstairs and I stepped in I think we did a great job just to, with 12 games to go without a relegation so mm-hmm. with a group of players that really I had the kid honestly you, could, you couldn't believe how toxic it was I can also,
2: it's what's interesting, one of the things we picked up, Kyle, I don't know if you ever listened to, it, listened to our podcast, but we felt the midfield was far too porous. And it was, essentially, it was impossible to play in the back four because it was literally attack against defence most of the games. And what's really noticeable is one, two, three, four, four new
1: recruits in centre midfield. I think that pretty much sums up where you've... No athleticism in there, couldn't run. If you can't run, you can not play football. So I could play in there my bare belly, I could honestly, it, it was so bad at times, people running the other side of us, it was horrible, so just going back to how we defend, which is sure. important, is we defend from the front, that's so important, you know, wide areas, fullback, back and the wide forward have to stop crosses, we want to keep people on the outside, the little trigger points that we've been working on, so it's so important that we defend collectively, so if we can see the goal, it's not all the defence's problem, you won't get your clean jeep on us, mm. the forward. And what happens if you're winning 2-0, like we were at Weymouth last year, and we've got a clean sheet bonus, and the front man don't close down the centre back, or don't track him, I don't, you know what I mean, one of the front, because we play the three up front, one of the front three, don't do that, and we can see the goal, everyone will be eating each other, so that brings character, because the carrot is the clean sheet,
0: and it's worth a lot of money to them. If if I were to, to go just back one more time to last season, like a real highlight, I thought, and I don't I you know, I'm I'm gonna kinda guess it, but my, my favourite game last season was the the home win against Boreham Woods, where I felt and I you know, I, I don't know if you'll see it differently, but I felt that we executed a plan against the very specific opposition really, really well. Um I came with my dad who I'm, I don't unfortunately he's uh, got a bit of a Rangers background, so <laughs> 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 but he's he's uh, he's you know he comes to the Barnet games and he said that is the, the best I've seen a team organised um for a long long time and he one of the things that we sort of noticed and I think we were there I think I was there with you as well in that game was just like just how aggressive and tenacious we were in closing down and obviously against Borenwood it's slightly different because they do sort of miss out the midfield so it does sort of play to our strengths in some ways because we weren't getting overrun with the with the runners but in terms of like a blueprint defensively, you've mentioned there about it starting from the front. Are you looking to kind of go out and, and press teams really aggressively? Are you looking to sort of set traps? What, you know, we can we'll sit press. back and say, so is that t- what you will If you look at
1: my teams, I even, any supporters that have seen me at previous clubs, we play on the front foot. Speed, energy, high fitness levels. We ain't going to win it keeping the ball and being tippy tappy. We've got to get into the opposition's towards, uh, defensive tour as quick as we can, the tour. We've got to graft the teams. Some days we're going to have to be cautious and play on the counter-attack. That's why we have pace. Um, You go to Wrexham, you can't do that against Wrexham. You get murdered. You can't open up the game against them. So against a Borland Wood, you can. And you've got to stop at a source against them. They play a lot back to front. They play into the channels. Um, Their plan is to get in the channels against their pieces, you know, and play sort of real safe football. So you've got to stop that at a source. The best performance I thought, funny enough you say about that, the best performance I thought thought was Borland Wood in the cup, in the FA Cup here, I thought we were outstanding should have won the game. And when I look back at the game, we were, we were like two goals better than them on performance. We didn't win the game, we didn't have enough. And at our Torquay here, we were outstanding. Um, oh, it was a great performance. Like, and the, the, the stats like backed that up. We should have won more comfortable. But off the back of them games, when we were doing quite well, especially off the and Wood win here, the players couldn't recover. They didn't have fitness levels. A lot of them didn't have pre-seasons. And when you don't have a pre-season, you're playing catch-up. And that's sort of the situation I'm in now with this forward we're after. I'm saying to him, you're three weeks behind. EFL, you're four or five weeks behind. So he'll pick up niggles. So we have to, like, if we are to sign him and the deal does go through, hopefully it will go through. I'm praying it does. You never know. It's never signed until it's signed because we need another centre forward. If it does go through, we have to ease him in and give him a six-week pre-season. We have to be patient. You can't just throw them in. And last year, we were just throwing people in. You know, Harry Taylor last year, honestly, you wouldn't believe what he did for the badge. Like, I wish him all the best. I can't believe he played injured so many times. Honestly, it's unbelievable. I take my hat off to him. So, if we had more players like that, you know, you'd be four up the division. So, but I think we've got that this year. So, getting back, so getting, let's get, getting back to the team. Um, so, we've
2: touched upon uh, Diara. So now, so we've got we've touched a little bit on
1: Dally, uh, Danny Collins. Where do you think you're going to play, Danny? He can play right back, right centre back. He can play wing-back, he can sit in midfield. He's such a reliable player, He's got great football intelligence, takes on board instructions, high fitness levels, good speed, great angle. His defensive angles are excellent. Um, needs to improve his heading, needs to get better with his heading, which we're working on, and uh, he'd be a good organiser for Musa. We'd like to do another one in that department as well, if we can, if it's the right one. But we'll stay patient on that There's no one actually in mind Because the ones we wanted Have gone to other clubs So there's no one in mind At this moment in time But we'll stay patient We do need another central defender Right sided um, That's me being picky Michael Phillips Can play there Utility player High football IQ Michael um, He's had a bit of a nightmare He's picked up COVID So he's missed six sessions now And it's a nightmare for him Because Michael's quite a Tick set lad Yeah. So we're going to have to be patient With him again Really high, high football IQ, massive character, really funny guy. I just laugh when I think about him because he's so funny. So he's great around the place. Um, is he, is it, so he gets
2: amongst the goals, but my understanding was that he's, a, he's very much a midfield destroyer,
1: like deep. Yeah, he's oh, he, deep is the best for him. He can play, he's so intelligent, he can play football intelligent. And you know, he's got a lot of common sense in his personal life. He's quite funny, to be fair to him. He's a really funny guy. Like I said, I'm smiling here thinking about him. He's such. I watched him last year in the trophy against Boreham Wood, and I, I watched the video back and I thought. And after that, I thought, right, let's get Michael back. He was unbelievable. And I spoke to Connor Smith. I said, "How did Michael do?" Um, I spoke to him during the week, and he said, uh, "He said he was best player on the pitch." And when I watched it back, I was like, "Yeah, he was." So that's what made us do Michael, but he's slightly behind, which I don't like because he's a player that needs to stay on top of his fitness, mm-hmm. because he's real tick set lad. He needs to stay on top of us. So, you know, it's been a little. He's been had a little bit of a nightmare. I say he's picked up COVID. He's missed all this week. He can't afford to miss sessions. So he's gonna be a little bit behind. But good player, like I say, really good player. Um, defensively, skip Jerome McKeemo. Player coach can play several positions. 7 out of 10 every week, body on the line, will make challenge when he has to, understands the game, you wait for a licensed coach, he will be a football manager in time, um, so he brings that, so his role is sort of come in the morning, he'll take the warm-ups, do the activations, um, control the change room, he's club captain, not team captain, I'll tell you about that in a bit, so he's club captain. Anything that happens on the players' need like at the minute, we've got we've gone through our rules and stuff like that. Different things they have to do around the facility, obviously, because it's not just a football facility. Yeah. There's other businesses, so he's the one we go to, and he's part, He leads up the committee. So there's a committee of uh, executive committee of three players everything goes through them, they manage it and then there's an extra two lads on the committee in case we have to do any voting for anything. But they control all of that. I've got nothing to do with that. I'm not even in the group text.
0: That's, that's all them. That's people. great because that, that just shows again a bit of like distributed responsibility and, and players taking ownership and you've got, as I said, it's been interesting. We One of the things we'll sort of come back to a little bit as you talk about the kind of experience and the age profile of the team and balancing the sort of fitness side of it with the reliability with the experience but i think like as you said empowering those players um to kind of take real responsibility sounds like a really good thing for the club culture
1: huge it's huge yeah they have to man their change and i can't do it often i mean they don't want to hear my voice every day you know what i mean enough of it myself talking to myself at <laughs> times so you know what i mean but if you look at Jerome, for example he's just such a low maintenance guy High football IQ. Like I say, he will go on to be a manager. And when you become a manager, recruitment's the key to the business. You can coach, but if you don't sign good players and get the recruitment right, you struggle. Going on to that, so on the committee from last year, Rob Hall. So he's he's on because he knows the club. He's been in before. He understands how it works, and you have to understand how it works here because yeah, it's you know it's a huge facility. It's a huge. The chairman's got several businesses, so he understands that. Uh, backing that up is Winter. Uh, Winters on there, so is Gormo, and Laurie's on there. So that's sort of the, the committee itself. Going back to what I said about the captain, either Gorman or Winter will be captain and voice captain. I haven't decided yet, and I've told the players this. They will be the team captain and voice captain. So, um, but today, Efron's captain. <laughs> so, in today's game, I think. not a goodbye game, is it? Sorry, not a goodbye game, is it? What do you mean? As in, he's off. No, 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 no. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't get that way. Now, nah, look, at the end of the day, for F, uh, until someone meets the valuation of the club, he's going to be here, and the chairman's assured me of that. So he says, yeah, you're happy, you're okay with that." You know, day we spoke about it, actually before he went off. He's uh, obviously gone away for a bit, so we had a chat about, it, and he just said, "Look, unless the valuation's right, he'll be here. If he runs his contract down, he runs his contract down." So uh, I've been backed. You know, the chairman's been unbelievable with me, so. It's been good, but just going back to the group, so um, that sort of the committee, one of them two will be the, the team captain, um, because Geron does that instantly, and then you've got, uh, who else have we got, player-wise?
2: Harry Pritchard, that was an interesting
1: Pritchard, one for me. Yeah. Uh, Pritchard sort of fell on our lap, really, um, another player, sort of like, took a pretty good to come to us, really, which, which we liked. It always shows the hunger of the player, they want to be at the right club, but low-maintenance, I think Pritch is, is the type of player, and Ryan de Havilland, both of them together in them positions, they need to be involved in double figures, scoring. They've got the capabilities of doing that. Pritch can play several positions. He can play high, he can play deeper in midfield, but just low maintenance, high fitness levels, great stamina. Uh, he was, before he was a professional footballer, he did PT. Um, so, really, really good player, to be fair. Good signing. Um, where, do you see, where do you think... Insti- like where's your instinct saying
2: where you think you might play in this season he'll play
1: 8 stroke 10 uh, obviously in possession you're a 10 out of possession you're an 8 so he'll play in one of them positions um, but we can push him up so you can push Gorman up into an 8 you can play uh, Phillips we've got lots of different options now which we didn't have last year which is huge um, so yeah so he's a good signing um, low maintenance who else have we done? We well, mentioned uh, Dale Gorman. So you're thinking of playing Dale Gorman at the base of the midfield. Yeah, Dale, he's a technical player. If you give him time, he can kill you. Kill you with his passing, his passing range, great vision. Um, street ways, you know. He got a lot of bookings last year, so I've said to him, he's got to try ease off that. He's 14 in bookings last year, so. But he'll make tactical fouls, which we like. Great character. He's got that winning mentality. He's been promoted with Orient, and he's not doing us a favour. There's another one that's come for the right reasons. And the ambition of the club and to be fair the ambition of the club's huge because the chairman to be fair to him has given us a massive bonus scheme to get
0: promoted um, just, just tell us a little bit about it. yeah it does I mean that's re- we'll go on to the four players in a moment but before we do let's just pause on that because one of the things you talked about last time was just getting the finances right in terms of we talked a lot today about getting the right characters in, the right finance structure. Just for those of us that aren't fully aware of the bonus scheme and how that works, obviously you don't have to go into the specific figures, but how have you sort of structured that to try and incentivise players? You talked about the clean sheet bonus, what other things are in there to try and get us going?
1: You've got FA Cup as a slice of the pie of the FA Cup, FA Trophy, you know, if we can achieve that, which is, we should be ambitious and try to win that. I want it as a player, it's unbelievable. It's a great tournament or competition. And then it's all about clean sheets and wins. You know, the more clean sheets and wins we get, the more success we're going to have. So, you know, to win a title, you sort of need 90 points. To get in the playoffs, in this division, you need 75. To stay at relegation, you need 50. You need 25 clean sheets. I think Stockport won 29 games last year and won the division. So that's sort of the target. And I have a great saying, if you reach for the million, you just might get the stars. But the biggest thing for us is, is we've just got to go game by game. You know, we've only got to play the big teams twice. Important. we don't get beat when we play them and the bottom sides if you can beat them
0: twice the bottom 10 for example that's 60 points and, just, and that's what that's what the top teams do sorry just to cut you off there sorry man one of the things interesting from last season if you look at our where our wins came from like we were very very good at being the bottom sides so and we've talked I think mem and i have mean, talked about it you've talked about it when you spoke to us about the division just containing such a range of clubs. So, you've mentioned there your Weymouths and your Dovers from last season, and then you had your Lights of your Wrexhams, your Chesterfields, your Stockports, et cetera. Um, in terms of like, that, you, I think we, we've developed a formula to beat those teams around us really convincingly. I remember the All the Shot Away game was another excellent performance I felt where we just kind of steamrolled those sides, but really struggled to make the jump up against some of the bigger sides and indeed some of the sides in the middle of the table. What, what are you sort of thinking there in terms of planning out the season? Because I guess one of the things that we have got this year is. Not that it was a big factor last season but we had a really tough run of fixtures at the start and obviously we didn't win any of them. Um, we had a really poor start to the season, but those clubs were all finishing up in I think it's the top ten or so um, by the time the, the season came out. How how have you sort of looked at the season structure in terms of fixtures and where, what what your sort of targets in terms of the-
1: Now, just look we set a points total, we do a pledge with the players and we set a realistic target. Like I say, I say in the wins reach for the moon just make get the stars and if we can achieve that we'll have an unbelievable season no one taught Sutton or Hartlepool would have did it did they? no one taught Grimsby would have won the playoffs and they did so you know that's what we do we sit down and we sort of say look we walk off a points per game and try to stay on that line and we just take it one game at a time whether we're playing Halifax force game or Gateshead away Though ideally we wouldn't have wanted Gateshead away um, because when they'd come up, there's a bit of a buzz about a club when it comes up, you know, so they've the got momentum. that momentum. So ideally, you don't want to play them types. But of they've clubs lost it. a
0: few players. I mean, I think, you know, they, 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 those sides coming up, there are some strong sides coming up, but they've lost a couple of players. I mean, they signed Gose Aaron S-
1: Martin, who's a good player. Yeah. And we actually was on our list. We actually had a look at him. Um, funny enough, I know his uncle. He's played with his uncle. He's manager at Brighouse, a good friend of mine, Will Powell. And he contacted me and said, look, interested, but didn't want to relocate. So the deal fell dead. So he, he lives uh, sort of Sheffield away. So yeah, so if you look at it, it look, gateheads There's no easy games. Like going in against Halifax, they had a brilliant season last year. I know they've lost their manager, so uh, obviously the assistant manager stepped into the role. They've lost some of their key players, but you just don't know how the teams are going to go. Southend, they've invested heavily. They've just gone and bought someone to play them. I think seventh game in, uh, they they just bought they just bought did they bought, just buy somebody? I think they just bought somebody. Um, so yeah, so look, it it's, there's no easy dagging them. They're on the upward curve They've got a big budget, so they've got some good players. So yeah, they purchased someone as well, didn't they? Weymouth. They went and bought bought the lad Musa from Weymouth. So it, there's a lot. It's so competitive. It's just York are a massive club. They've come up. Uh, Maidstone got big support. Hack knows the league inside out. To be fair to him, he knows what it takes. So it's just no easy games. But it's exciting. I think it's if you look at the clubs in it, it's probably the biggest it's been, isn't it? Would you great say?
0: Division. It's a
1: great club? Stockport gone out. Grimsby gone out of it. You know, Scuny have come in at, Oldham have come in at, York have come up, York are a league club. You know, like ourselves, really. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's so it's it's exciting. Yeah, it's really exciting, looking forward to it. So, we, so after
2: the, the, the flurry of signings, I I, I tweeted on 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 I tweeted on, uh, put on Twitter that I think that, realistically, minimum 65 points this season. Is that in and around your, your
1: target? Oh, okay, interesting. interesting. I can't reveal that because no. it's between me and the player. No, no, of course, it's, yeah, yeah. It's more because, what are we going to do? to achieve 65? What's that going to get us? 10th? 10th, uh, yeah. Nah, yeah. Let's go for it. Well, we're small steps with Barnet, you know. Yeah, all. but, look, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the, the big thing we've done is made it inclusive to you guys. That's huge because you can come here and you can fight. You can fight against the chairman. You can fight against the supporters. You've got to have your say. You are a tough lot to please. You know, you're a bit grumpy, to be fair, but I don't mind that. You know, at the end of the day, you pay your dosh, so you know you pay your money you can say what you want to say but I think it's important when we include everybody let people come watch training you know support is so important it's your money it's your club when I go you'll still be here when the chairman goes you'll still be here that's how it works and it's the old scene saying isn't it you know so that's you've got to enjoy life and you have got to enjoy walking if it, the day I stopped enjoying it which I didn't enjoy it last year at times and I questioned myself so many times and this is where your family come into it. My missus, she's going to me, look, just get to the summer. And to be fair to the chairman, he says, look, you'll have the summer, relax. You know, he really backed me. So many tough times, I had so many tough conversations with Tony. Driving home in the car, how was it? I'm just like, I can't lie. I don't tell liars. I said it was awful. Some of the games, it was so bad, Tony. We've got such a worse group of players I've ever managed. So we just had to get to the summer. And that's the he's given. And I have a good relationship with him. What I like about Tony is he's honest he'll tell you how it is, he hasn't got a knife in your back, He's not. he wants the best for the club, there's been challenging times, he's let COVID play out, and then he's gone back, and to be fair to him, he subsidised the club financially, we don't, we make a loss on match days, you know, so anyone that does that financially, you know, they can give that to his kids, it's their inheritance, he's given it to us, so I appreciate that, it's a really good guy, and what I like about it is a family business here, I think that's huge, I'm involved in a family business, and that's huge. And he reminds me a lot of, I said this to him, Dave Bogmans was like that. His daughter Stephanie walks the, t- walks the touring styles. His, his son walks the bar. And that's what it was like. And when you get involved and get into their circle, you realise they're really good people. They actually want the
0: best. Yeah, I think it's what's great. And I think it's is it, is just complicated. Like running a football club and managing it is, you know, it's, it's way more complicated than we can imagine, The supporters can imagine. And obviously, I think what is really good is it feels like a meeting between yourself and the chairman where you've got that experience that you've built up. Obviously you're an up and coming manager in your own right, but you've got the experience of the hard graft at Hemel where you've sustained success over a long period of time. And you would have worked with some characters that are all levels of the game, which works really well. And I think sometimes at our league, at at National League level, you get every single ex-league club thinks sometimes they have an automatic right to get back in the Football League. And as you just said in the fixtures, it's now littered with these clubs like your Yorks, your Stockports who have dropped down, you know, to, to National League North, et cetera. And so I think having someone like yourself with the experience and the hunger is really, really important to work well with the chairman. And I think with the chairman as well, it's just, you know, it's about trust. It's about people working together and getting each other and working through it. And when we've had managers in the past, perhaps or coaches who have come in and have been a little bit fresh, a little bit green, and have realised that, you know, the game of football is a game on the pitch, but it's also a game off the pitch and that needs to be played and managed. It's just about getting that balance. I feel we've kind of got that now, which is really, really positive.
1: Yeah, it's huge. The relationship starts at the top between manager and chairman and that's you know, he drives the he drives the train, you've got to get on. I'm in the front with him, in the front carriage with him, do you know what I mean? Right there. And everyone else gets got to get on get on board. We all get on and go in the right direction. Step by step. But I actually think Tony, like I say, he's turned over a lot of managers. He's a really nice boy. But, but and educates me all the time. I probably skill him a bit on the street wise But he they want the best for the football club. The whole family, Natasha secretary you know, Nikki's wife, they're really, really good people. They just, obviously, you come here and it is challenging because you'll have people that are coming down again and all of a sudden there's a wedding going on. Like yesterday, there's, there's a wedding here, two weddings, I think, yeah, here yesterday. And if you come here and go, well, this is a football club, but there's a wedding, without that wedding going on, we ain't getting paid. Because on match days, we don't make a profit, we make a loss. Every time he opens the touring style, and if you have a bit of business acumen about you, you can understand. Every time he opens a torn style, someone's got a man that torn style. He's got pay he pays for that. There's no volunteers here. So, and I appreciate that. So, his own hard cash he puts in, whether he's got loads of it or a little of it, that doesn't matter. You know, he's putting his own kids' inheritance into the football club and gives a lot. And Tony actually, like, he don't watch the Premier League or anything. He's an Arsenal fan, isn't he? Well, he's a Barnard fan. He used to really. be. He used, used to, to be. It. So, I say, oh, Arsenal sign him. And he goes, who? He just All he knows is, burn it burn it burn it you know even the actually was getting married his daughter's getting married and she went to get married on a Saturday. He was like nah it has to be it has to be because we've got a match it has to be she's getting married soon actually funny enough i don't know tell everybody that but sorry tash so he's getting married she had to change it to a tour because we have a match is she going be able to squeeze herself into the high, babe? <laughs> you know, because uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot yeah, of bookings, bookings in Yeah, I don't think it's at the high, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, so that's what I look at, that, that personal stuff. That personal stuff is so important. Like I say, and and he wants, Tony wants stability, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just trust. You build up trust with people. And he knows I'm not here for, I'm you know, I'm definitely not here for for the finances. So... I'm here for the Longevity Club, and I fell in love with the club, which is so important. I think there's so many good people here. When I originally I was approached and he met uh, the, the fee the first time round, I met Tony had a great conversation with him, um, sort of like in a way, I felt the group of players were in big trouble. There was too many players, 20-odd players here. and then when we had that conversation, we had it, it was so positive, and we stayed in touch off the back of that and that's how it's sort of come to where we're at now, and um, he was he was in a bad place, I think, as well, stressed out, things were going on, he thought we were going to get relegated and stuff like that, so, but in the end, things work themselves out, and I always, I'm a big believer, if you do the right thing by people, good things will happen to you, so, um, that's so important, and a lot of hard work, without hard work, you just won't have any success whatsoever, so, we have that now, and like I say, there's a lot of good people here, and even at the, just going back to that stage, my point on that was, People told me, I spoke to a lot of people, he said, like, don't go there. A lot of people said that to me. People that have walked here, um, it's this, it's that, it's challenging, it's this, it's this, that. But for me, when people say that, I go, I'm going to go there. Because I want to change it. Yeah. So that's my drive, do you know what I mean? So, like I say, the chairman could have easily sacked me off some of the results last year, you know, even though it wasn't my team. But, you know, it, it, and we just had to wait. And I'm really happy where we're at now. We've just got to now not talk to talk we've got a proper walk the walk day by day game by game
0: just in the final part then just going back to talking you know walking the walk we've talked a lot about you know the culture the reset the bonuses the the defense the structure the training etc the final part i guess is the most exciting part of the team which is which is up front and we've got you know uh, nikki up there we've got ephraim we've got um obviously um lozo's coming from from woking etc and sean just talk us through kind of those, those guys, those signings and, and kind of what you're looking for there. And yeah, just, just tell us what we can look, look forward to kind of up at the top, right end of the pitch, I guess. Well,
1: everyone I love Shields, especially the girls. He's so good looking, isn't he? He's so good looking, isn't he? <laughs> and he creates goals. He's an exciting player. He's the type of player that'll get you on the edge of your seat. He's in, he averages about 14 crosses a game. So his stats, his output is outstanding. Um, great kid. Obviously, he's a baronet fan his first ever game so the supporters are going to love him and um, the biggest thing for Sean is for me if he's going to be a superstar at the level he needs to score more goals so he's got to realise that we don't play with wingers we play with forwards so a little bit like Liverpool do you know Mane, Salah that kind of we want, we want a wide forward scoring goals so have got to get more goals and last year that wasn't enough obviously F is son of Efron what a player so exciting um, his output needs to improve as well on goals as well Um He's such a handful. Do you, are you gonna, so this is interesting. Sorry, I just cut you in there. Because I kind of feel
2: like that for Efron to take his game to the next level, he needs to play on the left side. Because I think that will give him the opportunity
1: to score more goals. So here's stats on you. So this is when stats come in. He scores more goals when he plays on the right. Really? More of his got, if he played against, on the right against Borland Wood, he scored that yeah. goal. And even previously, when I look back at his stats, and I guess I get young Robbo to do it, um, he scores more goals when he starts on the right. It's mad. I've been told. I've been it? told. It's, it's just mad. Look, but today you play on the left. You know, because what I try to do, and we look at the opposition, we go, who's the weakest player in the defence? And we put F on against them. So that's just a little stat. Like we might go him, he lacks pace, right? Get F against him. Because he'll morder him. Um you've obviously got Hawley, who's that sort of comes into the 10 off the flank kind of thing, and he can score more goals with the wand he's got. And Nicky, to stay down the middle for Kabam, he's just got to stay down the middle as much as he can and, and not walk that. And if we're ever under pressure, you can play off Nicky. brilliant in the air. Um, I do, actually, going back to Nicky,
2: because I'd really like to focus on Nicky, because I, I really like the look of him. Um, I, I watched all the video clips I could find of him on YouTube, and what was really noticeable from that was the how everybody deployed him. And it felt like that somebody like Nicky strikes me because of his size you get managers who just look at the size and they don't look at what he does with his feet. And, I, and when I looked at the goals he scored for Hartley Paul, he was on the last man, in the centre, on the last man. When you look at the clips of him in Northampton, uh, is it, I think it was Northampton, always dropping deep, always in the channels. Well, he can't score a goal from there. And I felt that, that actually, in some cases, because of his size, managers have misused him. Um, and what's noticeable, you said he scored, what, three goals from Tappins already? Yeah, for, for all the for tappins. so for me I'm really excited about him because if you play him down the centre and tell him don't go out wide and don't do this I could see him scoring 15-20 goals that's important
1: for him because he, he, he needs to be more selfish he's too honest I've said that to him he needs more selfish and the ball goes wide you now have people like Shields Hawley, Ethel Skinny's man Jamal Lozza Jamar he's so quick and direct and goes down the outside and that's what I like about uh, Jamar he's a bit like a Mane type player he'll go down the outside a lot of players come inside because the hard running's down the outside he'll got to, so we'll get a lot of corners he'll get penalties all of a sudden we look like we're going to get penalties we never look like getting a penalty at all because we're excited we've got a bit of pace and Nicky, you're right he just needs to stay down the middle when it goes wide he needs to see the defender's number and then he can make his run across the front or stay at the back post um, and he's good in the air he's a good finish on Nicky um when he plays with his back to goal and the defender can see his number he's easy to mark so that's what we've been working on going on the opposite angle if it goes out on the left pull on the left side of the centre back and then you can make your movements from there So, and he takes on board instructions well Nicky you just got to keep drumming it in and drumming it in so he's good but we need backup for him or we need someone to challenge him for his position I wouldn't say backup someone needs to challenge him and that's what we're working on at the minute um, who else have we got?
0: One, a couple of guys you haven't we haven't talked as much about, just briefly towards the, the end here, is some guys from last season who are still who are still in the group. So we've talked there about you know Thomas, you've got young Granville, Walsh, um, and also Flanagan. Just just give us a bit of a, a sense as to what we're looking at with there, is is there So if we start
1: with Tom old Tomo's just torn twenty one, still in his development stage. Um at times difficult in a, a difficult group, but actually a really tough group. Um so but Honest as a day's long, high fitness levels needs to improve his past selection. He's a good one-on-one defender. He's, you know, he can be out and he wants to be. He's just got, to, he's got to push wins now to get in that position of Danny. So they'll battle it out them three for selection. Keen Flanagan had an operation back in May, early June. He's five weeks away from being back in the group, so he'll need a pre-season. Sam Woods will be back in the group in two weeks after he we twisted his ankle after a minute against, who did we play? He play uh, was it Yeovil? It was Yeovil. So he didn't have an operation, um, then he were some complications about he didn't need one and then something to do, he, he had to go on blood thinners basically. So um, that's why they didn't give him an operation, something to do with his blood. So he's a little bit behind. Uh, Eamon Aziz is going on loan to Beaconsfield for the season, which I think is important that these boys go out, you know, and play. Play 40-odd games and that'll mature them. Uh, Pauli is come back in great nick. You know, he's dropped down a, a couple of a couple of uh, waist sizes, to be fair to him. It's a conversation we had last year, and he's come back in great nick. Low maintenance player, looks after himself, but he's just pulled his hamstring on Tuesday night against, um, against Wingate. He's due a scan next week. Uh, who else is in that group? Sam Granville, um, available for loan, important for him. 19 year old kid, 18 year old kid needs to go out and play. The same for vast they need to go out and play. Same for Walchi, 21 needs to go out and play. Uh, they need to go out and sort of learn more good football, which is so important. So all of them are available for loans, um, and the rest of them are in, are, are in our group. Connor Smith joined us. Um, Connor, just a huge character, streetwise, low maintenance, brilliant around the changing room. Um, a real winner. He's had four promotions, three in the AFL if you look back at his career. He's had one with me, obviously, when we won the league at Wheelstone. He's just a good, reliable player. Um, and he made a major sacrifice to join us. He's, he was uh, academy director at Borough Wood. Um, and obviously, he's left that job to come to us, which. And as, he was a player. How was the at attraction? Because, I mean, to be honest, looking at the next of his career, to, to give up that, that role. Together, yeah, I think the, I think it's just the way we've done things. before, I've walked up at two different clubs, and just the way he is—he's another one who will end up becoming a coach or a manager. He's got that in him. So when you have players like that in your camp and you can trust them, they're so important. Look, if we go to Wrexham, you'd probably sit Connor, you'd probably sit two in midfield, you'd probably sit Connor and Michael Phillips, you know, and sacrifice one or two of it the, because they're just streetwise. You know, mm-hmm. if if we need to screen a centre forward, for example. You know, he does that screen. He does all the ugly stuff. There's a block in the last minute. It's him taking it in the face. Yeah. You know, so he's just street words, like I say. He's he's um he made a big a big decision when he sort 26 to sort of come away from full time football. I'm, I don't know why he did it. You know, I don't know where he was at in his life at the time. And he's a local lad. He lives up in in Wofford, so he's got a couple of kids now. He's misses. So he did. That. I don't know why he did that. It shocked me really, because really, in my opinion, him fully at it is a League One player, but. So he did that, and I think when you do that, your fitness levels can drop a little bit, and yeah. you know, different things go on in your life. And then he come play part time with myself, and then he's come back into full time. He went with Luke. And um it's been three years there as Academy Director. So I think that's the attraction. He, what we've built, I know him and Jerome are very close. So things like that go on, and they're just they're just massive players. You give them one the instruction to do it for us. They're the ones that nobody sees. Everyone sees everyone skinning someone, but when the has gone past somebody, somebody's organising the defence. We didn't have that last year and he's the type of player that does that.
0: I guess finally then, uh, Dean, as we come to a close, you talked and hinted a little bit. I think every football manager at this stage of the season always says, oh, we can always have one or two more in. Um, give us this. I mean, it, it does feel very different to previous years where we've got a lot of our business done early. We've got that pre-season work that you've been talking about, the shape work that starts from next week. If you were sort of looking at the squad now, you can either do it as a percentage or you've talked a little bit there about centre-forward and maybe one at the back as well. How sort of close do you feel we are to having a group that's ready to start the season and hit the target that you want to hit?
1: Yeah, look, you want to hit the ground running. The issue we have now is we do need another centre-forward, the central one. Jams can play there. Jamal Loza can play there. Um, It's not his strongest position, but we do need another... And we need a right-sided centre-back. We need somebody that can basically organised Moussa Laurie will help a lot you've got Beardy left back you've got Jerome can play left back you've got Danny obviously he is only 24 but that's sort of the responsibility we give him and hopefully he can step up to the plate with that and that's probably what will happen Danny will probably play there with Moussa until we can get the right player but what's very important when you're recruiting them group of players will tell you if they're good or not that's so important. Like we have a lad on trial, till like I center back. He's done quite well, to be fair, so far. So we'll see how he does again against better opposition, and we'll see how he does again on Tuesday before I make a decision to sign him or not. Um, so when you when you do that, the respect is the players go, yeah, he's good. You, you know that's the, that's how you earn respect in the business because the players will tell you, you know whether he's good or bad. And you speak the players sometimes are the best source of recruitment because you think, what's he like as a lad, and that's so important. Funny, a manager rang me last night, a league one manager, about one of our players, him what he's like as as a as, as a character I have to be honest I gave him a glowing reference so this is what happens and it, it, you could, I could go to Connor and say oh, you played with him at Wimbledon or something or you played with him at Yeovil or you played with him at Watford what was he like and he'd turn around and say yeah good egg bad egg he's this he's that but I didn't play for him for five years maybe he's changed he might have matured so much goes on so yeah I think in in the sense of that we're close we're close with a forward but it's never done till it's done and then we'll just stay patient because like I say all the centre-halves we looked at I was on our list, they've all signed for the club, so we've got to just take our time. One thing I was just to find a point, is actually that, that I've noticed as well,
2: there is a lot of delivery in this team. There is a lot of players that can deliver football. Um, what, We we should be expecting a lot of goals from... Like pieces, yeah, yeah. Corners, we're we're yeah. quite
1: a big side as well now, so all of a sudden, you know, we've got, it's so important in this division, defensive restarts, attacking restarts, long throws, corners, they're huge in this division. I think Stockport done us on a low, didn't they? About four of them are physicality. That think, I'm hoping that won't happen this year. Um, so yeah, so that's
0: that's important. It's a huge, huge part of the game. And last question, Dean. Um, thank you again so much for all your time. I guess we've talked a lot about the players and the group and stuff. The fans are, I think a real sense of positivity around the club at the moment. The season ticket deal that's been brilliant. A bit annoyed that Mem sack me off for his spare one, but it's all right, well, we're over it. Um, but on a, on a serious note, what's your sort of I guess it's very easy to be positive at pre-season and we've got a running Joe that every year men predicts us to finish seventh and he's never been right for the last 10 years. But this season going forwards... (laughs) i you're you twice in them. Uh, this season going forwards. What's your message, uh, Dean, to the supporters ahead of the year? And I think, crucially, we, we do know there are going to be some challenges. We know there are some, some sides in this league with huge budgets and, and huge resources behind them. So it's not like we're going to go out and win every game 5-0. Um, I don't think people are expecting that. But what's your kind of message to the fans ahead of the season? I think
1: our supporters are going to see a very honest group of lads. We'll see a lot of exciting, quick, high-tempo football, a lot of speed, a lot of crosses in the box. And hopefully a good, resilient uh, character of a team, which is a positive character of a team, because that's so important. Because the, the, it's easy for anyone. go oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. It, what happens is when you lose, it's, that's when you see the character. You see when the it's easy when you're winning. Everyone can be like, yeah, it's great, you're all winning. It's when you're losing and what your re, uh, your reaction. And good teams for me don't lose two on the bounce, and that'll be important when that happens to us. Uh, like I mean, successful teams in the sense of winning titles. You don't lose two on the bouncing. I remember Sutton winning the league, and they got beat at Notts County, and they bounced back, and that's what it takes. You've got to bounce back when the chips are down, and they played really well at Notts County, and it was a devastating defeat. It was on the TV. I think they lost 3-2 in the end. Yeah, or maybe. Games, it was, it was yeah. a great game, and Sutton missed some great chances to win that game. It looked like Notts, them were going to go win the title, or Torquay, and when the chips are down, it was funny, I spoke to Matty Gray and Jason Goodliff, they're both personal friends, and when I spoke to them after the game, and they were sort of day by down as well. And I said, look, you've got to jump back on the horse. And they did. And that's what you have to do. Jump back on that horse. Show that character. And they got the job done in the end. And the others probably thought they were going to win it. Because they dropped everything, three, four games to go. There wasn't many games to go. And uh, But they stayed focused. And people like Craig Eastman, people like that, beauty men, big characters in their group stepped up to the plate. And they did a great job for them. And look where they are now. So that's sort of our aim. That's the sort of kind of the team we want to build. And I think we're, we're we're close to that. So, like I say, there will be days where we won't we won't win for we won't win for six and seven games. It's how we recover from that and how we do that. That's so important. And I think Grim, Grimsby went through that last year. They didn't win yeah, for fourteen. So up and down. Yeah. yeah, they had a brilliant start. Didn't
0: win for fourteen around the cent, November December. They started with Paul Hurst and they and they came back. And in, they stuck with the yeah. manager. And you, and, know, and you look at that exactly just on that front about how they won those games. You yeah. know, the Wrexham game where it would have been so easy when it's. 14,000 and it's you know you've got the Hollywood A list is up in the yeah. box and they're concealing yeah. left, right and centre.
1: We can't affect what anybody else does, lads. You know, we just gotta look after our own backyard and at the end of the day every game's worth three points. You're gonna get three points, you're gonna get one or you're gonna get zero. We've just got to make sure we're honest. Every challenge that needs to be made, every physical contact, we've got to be on top of and because we've got a bit of stability, and we've got most of the group, ninety odd percent of the group done, and if most of them have had a full pre-season, that'll give us a better chance than ever to to win more football matches than lose. So, if there was a bit of sp- if there was
2: one player that came up, in the division. No, no, no. If there was one player that came up and you had an opportunity to sign him, but you needed to push the boat out. Do you think TK
0: will,
1: will... Yeah, I think... Well, look, you never know. It, at the minute we're over budget, the budget will be set. We're over budget, I can't lie. He's been unbelievable with me, Tony, to be honest with you. He's, uh, and I think he's got the love back. Sometimes he, he, who gives him a bit of TLC when they get beaten. and that and he goes home and he's depressed and his missus has to listen to him, the bloody T and this, the bloody... You know what I mean? So someone's got to give him TLC. the same with me when I go home. It's my missus, my kids, my family that pick me up after we lose 5-0 like down at Dagenham. It's still in my head. It's still there. I still have it, but the focus now is to make sure we go out and that never happens again. It can happen, it does happen. I think John Dreyer was telling me, Stevenage, first game of the season away at Wrexham, they lost 5 0 and got promoted. So it can happen. You just got to keep plugging away. Graham was the manager at the time and John was the assistant. So, um, and we've just on the staff, just before we go, because it's important that I big up the staff. So, obviously, you've got me as manager, John as assistant manager, Gary King, who's been with me since day one, um, he's sort of like my. Calm and he keeps me calm, Gary's with us as well as coach uh, cork Raymond does um head of logistics now um sort of the role that sort of Ricky was doing last year. He sorts all that out. We've got a new goalie coach um Mel Gwyneth, who's assistant manager to and goalie coach for um for Paul Tisdale yeah. He's been with Paul for years um, he's joined us. Um, who else? New physio, we've uh, physio George, who's joins us from Aldershot, um, who we waited for a bit of time because he had to give his notice and stuff like that. We managed to get him in, which is important. Uh, Jade will assist him. Um, who else have you got in our group? Really? Robbie. Aaron, Aaron Roberts does analyst. Obviously, he's got a great footballing background because his, his dad is goalie coach at Wolves and at Wales. Tony Roberts. So, and he's got he's got a good eye. Kitman, Rob, Rob's brilliant, Rob Polk. So we've got a really good team, a good positive team. I haven't left anybody out, have I? No, that's it. Nice, close-knit team. We haven't got like S- S&C coaches and all that. We've, we forget about all that. If Jerome McKeem was doing all that, he does all that kind of stuff for the lads, and he's been fit for the last seven, eight, nine years and never missed a game. So that's touch wood. <laughs> so it's worked for him as a 24-year-old lad, so he takes that responsibility as player coach. So, yeah, so a lot of good positivity and a lot of, like, a good tight circle, um, a a tight-knit circle. And I think it's important to have success. You need... We've been in choppy water for too long and we're in calm water now and we've got to make sure we stay
0: in there. Well, Dean, I mean, thank you so much for for giving up your time as usual. Really enjoyed it the first time round, enjoyed it even more this time round. And, yeah, we really look forward to getting out there and doing our bit and supporting you guys and fingers crossed having a really memorable season. But thank you for your time and and best of luck for the rest of pre-season and... Yeah, see you Can later. You see
1: Cheers, Dean. Thanks for
0: being our twelfth man. We really hope you enjoyed our interview with Dean, and we'd like to thank him, the club, for setting it up and giving us the chance to put some questions to him. Throughout the season, we're hoping to do some more interviews with players currently on the squad and continue our analysis and discussion of what's going on at the club. We really hope this season will be a bit turning point for the club. And look forward to hearing your views and thoughts, as the progresses. As ever, you can find us on Twitter at BeesPod or just drop us a message, however you want to. And we look forward to hearing your thoughts. Enjoy the rest of the summer and see you very, very soon.